This episode of Truth's Table is brought to you by our NAACP Image Award-nominated book, Truth's Table, Black Women's Musings on Life, Love, and Liberation. Get it where all books are sold. Sisters, how y'all feel? Brothers, y'all all right? If this is your first time at Truth's Table, welcome to the table. And if you've been sitting at the table with us all these years, we are so grateful that you have been listening to us through these years, and we are inviting you to partner with us and support our work at patreon.com slash truthstable. Now pull up a chair and have a seat at the table with us. Hey y'all, welcome to Truth's Table, Midwives of Culture for Grace and Truth. I'm McKemini. And I'm Christina. This table is built by Black women and for Black women. So welcome to the table, C. How you doing, girl? Hey, I'm doing. And we are videotaping today. Hey, we moving on up. So the topic on the table, what, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? Well, you know what? Since we were starting, since, since <laughs> we're doing we video, <laughs> and so it's like a little bit of, you know, True Table's kind of testing out something new. We thought yeah. it would be cool to revisit um, an older conversation that we had during season one of True Table. Many, many, many years ago. About natural hair, and it's called Crowns of Glory. Mm-hmm. And so this is um, Crowns of Glory Revisited. So we are going back. <laughs> Crowns of Glory in- post-COVID. <laughs> yes, post-COVID Crowns of Glory, okay? Uh, so we're going back into our hair story uh, to talk about natural hair, why we wear our hair the way we do, um, implications of that sociologically mm. and theologically. You know how we do at Truth's Table. So yeah. that's what we're going to do. That's the topic on the table. So see, you have, uh, you've always have, you know, through the years, I've always told me, you know, that, yeah, you know, you don't like to wear your hair straight, you know, um, mm-hmm. too much. Kind of like, what's what's the reasoning behind that? Yeah. Can you talk about that? Unpack that a little bit for us. I mean, I think it's, I think it's both um, cultural uh, as well as um, the amount of work that it takes. Too. Well, it does and take work. So, I don't know if I've ever told you that. I used, I used to have this dream that I would go to that I would go to a hair hair salon. I don't know if I told you this word, but I would go to a hair salon and I would ask the person to do my hair. And then they would turn me around and I would realize that they had put chemicals in my hair. Oh no, you never told me, but that's scary. It, that happens a and lot. For me, it was it was frightening. Yeah. <laughs> and I recognize somebody listening right now might be like, I I do this I, all the time. Yeah. Well, for me, <laughs> yeah. it was frightening. And I think the main reason is in that case, it wasn't because, okay, now my hair is straight and I don't typically wear it straight. It's because now the very structure of my hair has changed and I'm not gonna be able to get it back unless. I cut it all the way off. And that's another reason why I don't press my hair a whole lot because I'll change my, my curl pattern. Yes, yes, yes. Even when, you know, we color our hair, it, it changes the curl pattern. So mm-hmm. right now, post COVID, because of all that my hair has been through, um, it, it's easy for me to blow dry it out because yes. the texture of my hair has, has changed. It's gotten thinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, and I and I and I don't want to. You mean COVID was stressful? The pandemic was it stressful. Was, I, I I've heard that. <laughs> I've heard that. Weird. I've heard that life has been lifing, right? Weird. Um, but yeah, it just it just shifted, and then I think also coloring it also changes the texture too. And so, That's true. not to mention, you know, as I've shared before, people do treat me differently with straight hair. Yes. And these are just these are just the facts of life. I've had people say some of the most some of the wildest things to me. Right. <laughs> I right. Have a, I have a long list of odd statements. Yeah. From all kinds of people, uh, from being at a TSA PreCheck to shopping in the grocery store. That's right. Um, um, yeah, I've had a lot of weird stuff. Now, I don't have a lot of experience like a lot of a lot of black women or black girls have had of people trying to touch their hair. I think I probably mm-hmm. give off some energy of like 
don't touch me without permission. Yeah. Hopefully people know that. Um, you definitely give that vibe. Yeah, I'm like, you know, I, I, do, I, do, I do believe in physical boundaries. Safety is a thing for you. <laughs> safety yeah. is a very, thing for safety is a core thing. Yeah. Safety. Like do not pet people. Um, but yeah, I think, I think when your hair is straight though, there are times when people feel like they're inclined to kind of play in your hair. Oh, yeah. And I don't, yeah, I don't like that. I think that's uh, unkind. Yes, you're doing my hair. <laughs> I, yeah, I, Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So even our experience today with uh with with Nikki doing doing makeup, right? Yeah. And uh before she puts the makeup on, she says, Matt have permission to touch your face. Yeah, that was so it was and she she chuckled, that. but that was an absolutely trauma in, informed intervention is to is to ask May for I? access mm -hmm. to people. Consent. And I also think about that when it comes to hair, you know, it, touching people, uh being unnecessarily intrusive with your questions. Um it is the opposite of a trauma-informed approach right. <laughs> to That's connecting right. with others. So, so let's ask for permission. Let's keep our hands to ourselves. Yeah, I think um, my, uh, at least for me, the majority of my life, my hair has been was relaxed. So relaxed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what an that would be AKA a perm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what an interesting term. But I know. Relax. Help us. Help us. Instead help of us. unrelaxed. Yes. Unruly, right? <laughs> And just that's a lot. Um, all the implications, right? right? The sociological right. implications of just Problems. the terms. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was like box perm. I, it was actually at eight. Yeah. Eight, around eight, age eight. Years eight old. Mm -hmm. Is yeah, when um I probably got my first relaxer. I think mm. it was either dark and lovely. There you go. Or just for me. Mm -hmm. Or possibly African Pride. There you go. Well, you know, there's the dissonance. There's the dissonance. There's, there's, there are many names. I mean, there's the Revlon. There's Hawaiian. There's, wasn't there like a Hawaiian, Hawaiian silky? silky? Mm -hmm. There's a was it Bantu? I remember Bantu. I remember something like okay. that. Um, that might have been the East Coast thing though too. You know, sometimes yeah, yeah. some things are regionally. Cream of Nature had a perm. Cream of Nature. Yeah, Cream of Nature. I remember that. The, the name of that made me always feel like it was be safe. I know, but I don't think it so. <laughs> but the name was it like, was oh, not. let me get the Cream of Nature. <laughs> It, it says nature. <laughs> it was not. No, it yeah. wasn't. And so, yeah, so we, uh, so yeah, so I mean, all of those box perms were in the house, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, about age eight. Oh, yeah, and TCB, remember TCB? Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. So, from age eight on, I wore my hair and uh, had my hair relaxed for, yeah, but still. It is still the majority of my life still. My, yeah. I've only been, well, I shouldn't say only. That's, now it's been for some time. The natural hair journey, journey started for me in 2011. Mm -hmm. And so um, so I, I used to be a kitchen beautician. I mean, I still am a kitchen beautician. Hello. I mean, Black today. Rite of Passage. Like today. <laughs> today. I still kill this day. Right now. I'm a kitchen beautician. Uh, uh, but so I used to do the relaxers, <laughs> my own relaxer, my mom's relaxer, my aunt's relaxer, the relaxers for the girls on my block too. You know, so this was a thing. You know? Yes. <laughs> so yes. You're touch the hair, up. The hair girl. Mm -hmm. The hair girl. So do, doing the retouches and stuff like that. And so I would, I would retouch it when I was in college, mm -hmm. you know, too. And then I would go get it um, professionally done. Um, mm -hmm. by my hairdresser when I was in LA, but I didn't get it all the time because I didn't have the money to be doing it all the because time. Because it is because it's, it's big money. It's, it was pricey. well. Although I would say, although now, what people are paying now is on a whole nother it's a whole stratosphere. level. The inflation is <laughs> what's going on, y'all. And, and wash your hair yourself before you come. I mean, it's just 
we have a problem with excellence happening. We're in a Carry crisis. On. This is there's a, there's a crisis going on in salons. We gotta talk right. about that. That's a whole episode. Like, whole what episode. is going on? We need a conversation. Am I doing my hair? Or are you doing my hair? your hair? What, what's going on? You're paying. That's what you're doing. It's a lot. So, mm-hmm. so anyway, so I remember just kind of getting it every couple months. You know, mm-hmm. just because that's what I could afford in college, yeah. and sometimes wearing you know braids in mm-hmm. between. You know. Uh, but yeah, I started my transition cause I didn't want to do the big shot okay. because I had, um, a, I had a complex about my hair. Yeah, I did. I had a complex about my hair. That's mm-hmm. just, the, just gotta tell the truth about that and not thinking. It was so you pretty. didn't do a big shot. You slowly let. Yeah. I did the transition. Exactly. Ah, from the perm. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And just kind of grew it out, which is, which mm-hmm. is harder to do, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which yeah. is harder to do, but I wanted to, I didn't want to let it go. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I grew it out in 2011 and it was, um, finally cut out the rest of the relaxer, mm-hmm. the perm. And I think it was March, 2012. Yeah. It's when I was fully became fully uh, natural in my life. So now it has been, what, 11 years. Wow. I know. There you go. 11 whole years that I've been natural. Yeah. I can't even imagine you with uh, uh, with relaxed hair. I've I seen know, you know, with straight hair. I mean, because we, we we do, you know, we have we have the wigs and the pieces. But you haven't seen my hair straightened. Yeah. because yeah, I haven't really. I think maybe once you, you went in to get like a trim or something. Okay, yeah. But, yeah. but not like, but even then it wasn't pressed though. Yeah. It was just blow dried real hard. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I have not had, I actually haven't had my hair pressed since my sister's wedding in 2015. How many times have you done the big, have you done the big chop? Oh, at, at, at least definitely two, maybe three times. Wow. And so, so that's a contrast. I mean, you talked about kind of transitioning, kind of slowly yes. growing <laughs> out <laughs> relaxer or chemicals. And I think I was like, chop, 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 cut it off. I mean, and, and, you know, uh, you know, Jeanne and they're, di- they're different, um, artists oh, the girl groups and yes. girl groups that I think gave me kind of the confidence to do that. Now I, I've always had a little bit of anxiety about maybe the shape of my head. Cause it's not until you cut all your hair off that you know what you really work with. <laughs> This is what it is. And some people have, some, they're, you know, the, the Dora Milaje, some black women have gorgeous, you know, bald heads. That's a lot to risk y'all. That is. That's a lot yeah. to risk. So, yeah. um, but, but I have cut it off at least twice and I, I cut it off, uh, maybe the year that I got married at one point, I also cut it off in high school. Um, and I, I've even thought about recently, like hmm, I can cut it off again and start, yes. start over now. And yes. at some point though, you keep cutting it off. You have this anxiety of like, well, this might be the end of it. <laughs> Let me be comfortable with where it ends. Right yeah, now. that's true. Lately. I feel like in this like post COVID, if that's what you want to call it, oh, era that we're in, it's like the pandemic. I feel like messed up my relationship or shifted. Let me say, shifted yeah. my relationship to my hair, which is I, not that I could not have if if I that was not on my bingo card, my bingo board. <laughs> let me just say that. Well, our goals were to just survive. That was yeah, that was not on my bingo <laughs> that board. Was the only I would I, I just wouldn't have guessed that my relationship to my hair would shift in the ways yeah. that it did during the pandemic because um I don't know before the pandemic I, I mean y'all like when I joined the natural hair community like I'm the person that was like okay I, I am the person that will concoct stuff I oh, will try this you were a chemist oh I'm a chemist <laughs> I will try the new craze I'll get the new yes, uh equipment yes. I'm the, I'm that girl uh, when it came to, comes to that I wash my hair on a routine okay every I was like, I'm not washing my hair every week I'm washing it, it every it day it is week. a lifestyle it There's is no a, doubt it's about a, it it's a commitment it's a commitment. <laughs> um, natural hair is a commitment. Love it. Glorious yeah. commitment, but it's a commitment. Yeah. And so I had the time and the latitude mm-hmm. um, and the bandwidth, the freedom, right. you know, to do that. But something with COVID mm-hmm. just that some something had to go. <laughs> I, oh my think, gosh. I think 
in some ways it was their hair. And so I actually was wearing a lot more uh, braided protective styles than I ever yeah. have in a long time. Mm -hmm. Cause I don't like to, you know, mess around with the edges cause the edges took some hits in childhood. And so I try, <laughs> so I try not to do too many <laughs> You know, braided styles, yeah, but sure. I have a really good uh, braider shout out to Patricia. Who Come be on, Patricia. Taking good care of my, shout out. you know, my hair. So I trust her to do my, you know, <laughs> my, my braids and things. But yeah, during the pandemic, mm -hmm. I was doing all types of crochet styles. Yeah. Um, I was wearing braids for the first time in a long time. I hadn't yeah. worn braids in, I don't know, maybe, yeah. maybe 10 years at that point. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I hadn't worn braids in a long time. Mm -hmm. So I started wearing braids. Of course, my wigs. I always have my wigs. I mean, come on now. And so, <laughs> your friends. Those are my friends. <laughs> what? What? And and names so, and all. They got names and everything. And so, <laughs> but I, but I also have like, so when the winter comes, mm -hmm. like I have, when it's winter, my hair does get tied down. So I will put wigs. It, typically it's wigs mm -hmm. that I'm going to wear in the wintertime. Mm -hmm. And then... It come around April if it's warm in April, because sometimes it's not warm in April Depends on, <laughs> on where the East Coast. The Depends on where you are. If it warms up, then my hair comes out. So mm. my hair is out. That means it's warm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but right. also for truth table, I am a little strategic about sometimes how for I sure. present my hair sometimes, you know, for so, sure. uh, which we can get into that a little bit later. But but yeah, so I kind of, yeah, I wrap it up. You know, in the wintertime and then I let it yeah. loose in the summer. But I just feel like my hair has been kind of, I don't know. I just, I almost was thinking, do I need to start over again with my hair? I just feel like it's just taking some hits. Yeah. Like it's, I don't know. I got to revisit. I'm not sure. I'm like, do I chop it? Do I start it again? Because I, or do I just try to. I do think it reflects something about personality mm -hmm. and culture and, mm -hmm. and like, even like your own kind of development where you are in, in your own maturity the relationship that you start to have with, with your hair. You know, if I, if I go on a job interview, you know, I, I would probably never straighten my hair for, for a job interview mm -hmm. of any kind. Um, I recognize that's a position of privilege because I can take the risk to say, if you don't like me with my hair coily or curly or braided or whatever, then this is not a place where I would want to work. But I also recognize that there's some folks that's like, look, I got, I got to knock out these bills. I got to pay yeah, for this food. I got to feed these kids. And I, and I consciously know this game. I know the explicit, implicit preferences. And so I'm going to relax <laughs> relax or relax myself yep. for, for this experience. And so I get that. And I also think that, you know, um, a lot of, a lot of black women who have natural hair at, at this point in history, you know, I think they represent a particular group. I think they're more likely to have advanced degrees. They certainly are more likely to have some, some, some type of disposable income. I mean, the kind yeah. of products, the best products, Ooh, I mean, especially when you want to be thoughtful about, okay, I can't just put anything in my hair, right? I didn't know what these ingredients are. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you have to have, you basically have a degree, a master's degree in chemistry when you have, <laughs> when you have natural hair at this point. And that's it true. is a privilege, I think, yes. to acquire that level of education about hair products, to be able to afford them, to keep up with the conversations. And when you buy them, you don't know if it's going to work. So you just, you just knocked out $25 for You are buying shampoo. it by faith. <laughs> you are buying by faith, which means most women I know with natural hair, if you go into their, their cabinets or their whatever, you're going to see a whole bunch of stuff that's only been used once because oh, yeah. it didn't do right, which is why we've had natural <laughs> hair product swaps, right? 
Uh, there has been right. kind of these swap things. It didn't work out for me. It yeah. didn't work out. It, and and again, we're not talking about $6, $7 a bottle. We're talking upwards to $25, 30 $35. Yeah, these things can be pricey. You're right. Absolutely. And, and again, I, 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 just, I recognize that that is... That's a privilege. And oftentimes when we look at people and people make these caricatures of so-called ghetto, these kind of derogatory, demeaning, classist language yeah. uh, in group against other black women, for example, um, the, the hairstyles or the products likely reflect a, a cheaper amount. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. And so this this natural look to look to look natural and took so uh, much work and <laughs> manipulation was real expensive. This twist out was real. The wash and go was Don't get me really started on the wash and go. expensive. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I just I think we have to just be honest about that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, if I were to go into a job interview, truthfully, I'm not I, I, I can't say confidently that I would maybe I don't know what I would do. Yeah. To be honest. Especially sure. because I'm uh, as a dark skinned black For woman, sure. right? <laughs> so sure. me wearing a, a fro into an interview is going to be different than you wearing your your curly yeah. fro, you know. So possibly, yeah. For sure. So I don't know. I, you know, yeah. if I, I have had because you know the game, right? You know the system, yep. and just like you said, the person's like they know they got to eat. Yeah. <laughs> so they know if they just oh no, it's definitely put on a, that lace front. Definitely a privilege to vet an organization. Exactly. Whatever whatever that might be, you know, like exactly. whatever your way of doing that is, uh, based on what you what you bring up in the interview, what you wear. How you wear your hair? Those are those yeah. are definitely you can't do that if you got you know Sally May is saying pay my pay my money right now. <laughs> oh Sally, and Sally always wants her money. Oh Navient, Navient, cancel our student loan <laughs> I mean, what's any happening? day now. No, well I I told you the people. Well, we know what's streets. happening. Yeah. Yeah, we know what's happening. But yeah, so so I think about yeah, but no, but I'm glad you you raised that. I think that's that is a, a really good point about like yeah, a job and what would you do? You know, if I do wear it natural, I probably wear it in a low bun. Truthfully, that's yeah. just the honest to God truth. Yeah. You know, depending on, but it depends on the role, right? Yeah. It depends on if it's a corporate job that you, you know, it just, the, the system, the system is what the system is. Yeah. Yeah. No, you no, know. no judgment. I think what's important is to know when you are, when you are participating in it though. I think the yeah. self-awareness oh, is, right. <laughs> is important. Like I'm like, now y'all know. I know. Something's exactly. happening. <laughs> Something's happening right now. Well, why don't we take a pause and then come back with more conversations about, about hair? That's right. Our NAACP Image Award-nominated book, Truth's Table, Black Women's Musings on Life, Love, and Liberation, is making waves and shifting culture. I closed this book feeling like I had just partaken in a multi-course meal filled with grace and the courage to carry on. And I believe you'll finish this book feeling the same way. Morgan Harper Nichols, artist and poet. Buy Truth's Table, Black Women's Musings on Life, Love, and Liberation at our website or wherever books are sold. So we are back to this conversation about hair. It's like, you know, Crowns of Thori uh, Crowns of Glory Part Revisited, Two, the okay. you know, hair remixed and, uh, <laughs> and 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 all the things and all the things. But yeah, I, I I wanted to have a sense. Maybe you can share a, a little bit about the way in which your faith informs the way that you think about your hair. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, and I, well, that much kind of talks about kind of even how I show up for Truth Table. So, I um, when we do like images where we're about to do photo shoots yeah. or re video recordings, yep. like now, or press events. All the types of different things. I have kind of like 
different like methodologies for why I do what yeah. I'm going to do and why I wear what I wear, or why I wear my hair, style mm-hmm. my hair a certain way. Um, so f- particularly with Truth Table, when it comes to like our imagery, our, like our um, branding, yeah. brand imaging, um, and, um, yeah, just any, anything that's true stable forward focus, that's brand imaging. I mm-hmm. always do wear my natural hair mm-hmm. out in some ways. It's usually always curled up, coiled mm-hmm. somehow like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I do that because I do think it's important for, uh, sisters at the table mm-hmm. and for brothers to see, uh, black women, especially a dark skinned black woman mm-hmm. wearing her natural hair. Right. You know, I think that's important. And, um, and it means it's also, I'm, I'm loving who God made me to be. Right. And that wasn't always the case for me. That mm-hmm. just wasn't, that wasn't always the case. It was something I had to really grow into. Mm-hmm. And, uh, even now when I change my hair, like when I, cause y'all know, I love a wig now. I do. I love a lace front. I love, I love clip-ins. I love, <laughs> you know, so there's all types of things, right? So for instance, when I went to the UN, Mm -hmm. Um, in Geneva last year, advocating for reparations, I actually wore bundles. And so I was kind of thinking like, should I wear bundles or should I wear my hair natural? Goes, I'm advocating for reparations. I'm keeping it real. This is a natural thing. <laughs> Talk about how you know now. How, how we need to, how we are black and glorious and old reparations, you know. And so <laughs> shouldn't I do that on my natural hair glory? But it was cold, y'all. And and I got a winter rule about my hair, my hair is in protective <laughs> styles in the winter. Like this is not a reflection of any self-hatred, you know, right. uh, for me, it would have been for me like in this early yeah. on yeah, in yeah. my natural hair journey, as mm-hmm. I was still decolonizing mm-hmm. a lot of the internal messages that mm-hmm. I had um, taken in mm-hmm. about my hair texture and its length and yeah. what it looks like and this curl and this mm-hmm. kink and all, all of that, you know, initially that would have been a reflection of my own like uh, self-hatred yeah. or self-loathing or discomfort with my own natural hair mm-hmm. and trying to feeling like that style yeah. looks prettier than my natural hair. Yeah. That's not where I am now. Now yeah. I'm like, I'm wearing this because it's cute. And also it's cold. Yeah. It's cold. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's amazing that, um, that you can have growth and still the, the outworking of it looks the same as something that you would have had yes. when you didn't have growth. New growth. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's <laughs> a little bit of a pun there about hair, new growth. But <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, so yeah, it could have been a time when it's like, oh, if it's not straight, it's not right. Or it's not professional or it's not right. pretty or whatever, whatever the words that you have been socialized yes. to ascribe to that. And so you'd have a particular look, but then 10, 20 years later, you can have that same look but with a completely different motivation, heart and self-understanding Absolutely. behind it. Which is one of the reasons why it's important that we are very mindful not to judge people based on the way that they are choosing to show up exactly and and what feels comfortable to them that it may not be rooted in some type of anti-black anti-hate pathology that they wear their hair the way that they want to wear the way they they, they choose to wear it and it could be an expression of of liberty and of creativity and i do think at the end of the day that that is um one of the ways that faith informs how I think about my hair is that, you know, because we're made in the image of God, we are, we are creatives in some way, shape or form. And these are all things in which we can reflect God's creativity through. Now, with that being said, resisting internalized messages of anti-blackness for me is, is probably going to be always at front of front of mind until I'm in glory. (laughs) This is going to be a thing. Of course. And, and I think, um, yeah, and I and I think enjoying uh, 
who who I am and liking who I am is is a gift that God gives to us. Yeah. And I do think in the same ways, there are people who may struggle with kind of an internalized uh, self-hate or anti-blackness. I think there's, in addition to that, there are people who struggle with uh, being free to like parts of who they are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and that's also, I think, rooted in this this kind of that's ecosystem right. of, of, of anti-blackness as well. Mm -hmm. So in, growing up in, in my, my particular um, kind of family context and where, where I grew up, I don't think I could ever say something like, if I think about my friends who have darker skin, who might say like, oh, I have, you know, my skin is beautiful now, my beautiful dark skin. Mm -hmm. I don't think I was sent a message that I could actually say that I liked my skin color. Right. At every point, that's at, at any that's point. That's true, yeah. Uh, without it being uh, interpreted as some form of anti-blackness or preferential mm -hmm. treatment towards mm -hmm. light skin. Mm -hmm. Now, with that being said, um, I, I, I don't think I have a, I don't have a, a negative view of my skin color at this point in my life, somebody yeah, who's been on right. the planet for over four decades, beautiful. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. but I think I am just to the, at a place where I would say, Oh, I like my hair color or I like the contrast of my skin color in my hair yeah. or I like my eye color yeah. or, I like, or whatever. And, and seeing that as a way of, of being grateful for God's kind of tapestry, God's mosaic That's design right. about humanity um, and, and being able to say it out loud, being able to embrace it, without having to bear the guilt I know, of the of consequences yeah, of yeah. the ramifications of anti-blackness. Yes, right? yes, so, yes. Um, and you're always very clear about that, right? People mm, know, you mm -hmm. know, your work, your public work, or what yeah. you stand for too. Right. So they know, you know, so that is also, you know, very helpful. I remember, you know, when I first met you, uh, what always stood out to me was just like, you're, well, first of all, you're beautiful. But oh, you're, these are so sweet. You're your <laughs> your uh, bone structure is just so beautiful so unique thank my mom and then yes yes <laughs> yes shout out to and mama. then also your uh, hair texture it's just always a big afro mm. like you know and i was just like so cool i don't know i just always my, my inner that. angela davis yes yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you come into the room um yeah and it's just like a uh, how can i say like a, a striking um presence mm. mm -hmm. very striking presence really you, you have a unique um, oh, look. thank you. That, that means you? a lot because, you know, Kimmy is our fashionista. She, 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 <laughs> she is the queen of Nigeria on this show. No. <laughs> I just try to keep up. I just try not to look all together like a vagabond. <laughs> not a vagabond. <laughs> which is, which is actually in me to be a vagabond. <laughs> that is so funny. But I so appreciate that. No, no, it's true. It, it's true. I was like, that's always something that always stood out to me when I first met you. I was like, huh. This is this is this woman is different. So like, well, that, that's for sure. <laughs> in so <laughs> many ways, in so many so quirky many ways, ways, you know, in so many ways. But yeah. I think about it. That, but I think it does speak to God's creativity when we're thinking yeah. about our faith and how we, yeah, how we think about our faith and our hair. And I mean, for me, the big thing was loving myself. That's right. That was a that was has always been a uh, had been a lifelong battle for me for a long time. And mm -hmm. I, and I wrote about that in our book. Yeah. Um, which people uh, should have by now. And if you don't stop right now and go get it, all places that books are sold, carry on. Welcome <laughs> <laughs> on life, love and liberation. That's what it's called. And, and it was nominated. nominated. Yeah. I'm just saying, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's carry gonna, on. It's going to get you there. <laughs> um, anyway, episode. but yeah, that was something I always had to deliberately mm -hmm. like speak over myself. Affirmations, affirmations. That's right. Ray, you That's know, right. God help me to love myself. That's right. You know, completely, fully, you know. That's right. Um, and that's something the Lord has has helped me 
you know, help me with. Because, I mean, that's the second greatest commandment, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> After loving yeah. Uh, uh, the Lord thy God with your heart, mind, soul, and strength, the second is like it. Love your mm. neighbor as yourself. Yeah. And if you don't love yourself, then you cannot love your neighbor. Yep. And so that has always been something, you mm -hmm. know, um, for, for a very, 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 yeah. very long time, you know, um, that I've always had to con mm -hmm. consciously, you know, um, do <laughs> like, yeah. religiously. Like, it's it's help a me work. Myself. It's, it's a work. an effort. It's an effort. It's a work in a built mm -hmm. in a world built on anti-blackness. Yep. You know, and anti-darkness. You yeah. know what I'm saying? In all its forms yes. and its manifestations, right? With colorism, texturism. Futurism, hairism. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a real thing. And so. those, are, well, those are the macro sociological well, macro, issues. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But even on How about the, in the church on, a, on a micro level, we have the the things that we wrestle against in terms of messaging that we receive. That's true. What about church traditions and faith traditions? Yeah, and maybe sometimes the the beauty politics. <laughs> oh, that show up. Oh, yeah, and different faith traditions and how yeah, you yeah. show up. With your hair, mm -hmm. um, in faith, faith traditions. Like, what have you observed? See, you know, I, you know, I would. So, I grew up in a church context where, uh, you know, I, I've described it before, <laughs> before, and I'm very grateful for my church roots. Yeah, I, sure. I am. It, and, but that gratitude does not mean I have to pretend that it did not have complexity. <laughs> we can hold multiple things together. That's right. You can be grateful right. and be like, eh. and you know. There, there actually wasn't a lot of natural hair that I remember no. in the church mm -hmm. context that I grew up in. It, I guess it would, be, it would be considered by then and now mega church, uh, black Baptist, middle class, upper middle class, politically affluent type mm -hmm. of, you know, it's, it's, it's the kind of church where down, during election season, here comes the, the congressman. Come. Yeah. Here comes the person running to be a senator. Here comes a mayoral candidate, right? So, um, and yeah, so, so a lot of straight hair, a lot of fur coats in the winter. Um, there was certainly, certainly a look. And I remember and the time in history and the too, time of history. Fairness. Yeah. We're talking yeah. about like early eighties into the nineties for there me. There was no YouTube then. That's right. <laughs> and, and I remember, um, I remember getting clear messages and I grew up in a very kind of a very black context. I didn't mm -hmm. go to school with a lot of white kids until I, I honestly, I mean, I had one year where my parents moved to a suburb. I've told the story oh, right. where I was like one of the only black kids. Mm -hmm. I had like a year of that. And that was yeah. enough. Yeah. And then, and then, and then it wasn't until grad school that I was in a place where right. okay. I was in, you know, as, as a minority student in numbers. Yeah, right? there you go. Um, but it, so I was in, often in predominantly black context and it was in that space, black middle-class folks, where it became clear to me that there was a preference for what I look like or, or preference for how I ought to wear my hair. And so I knew that if, for example, if I wore my hair straight and, um, straight ponytails and if you know if it was just down and out people would would say to me oh like oh this this is pretty mm -hmm, this this is what <laughs> like this this is what you should do i mean that might be a direct quote like from people um and then I believe that. and again it wasn't i mean then obviously in the workplace i would have you know white colleagues who might say something like um oh i like your hair like this you know when it's relaxed, you know, it's <laughs> or whatever, right? But 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 oftentimes it was black folks that mm -hmm. would give me kind of this over validation, this over nod of this is what pretty is yes, when right. you do this. That's right. And um, and I I'm thankful that I I picked up on it early enough uh, to notice the preference, but also to have some kind of liberty to reject it a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and and most of that happened in a church context. Most of that was yeah. black church context about 
what you ought to wear, how your hair ought to look. And there's, there certainly was a type. There's yeah. a type. You yeah. know, we've talked about like kind of the first lady type before. Yes. And in how even my style is probably not, <laughs> it might be a little bit different than the Yeah, your typical traditional first yes. lady. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I can play that. I can, I mean, I can, I can get on board with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't try to be intentionally cantankerous. Yeah. But, um, but that's not like my natural mojo. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, when I think about, you know, black church contacts and our, you know, our hair and how that, you know, works out. Mm-hmm. I do think that it's, it's when you get within black context that you see, first of all, human beings, they're going to stratify. They're yeah. going to, the stratification yes. is real. Yeah. Hierarchies are real. Yep. <laughs> this is just yep. a, a, a every, part every of the natural throughout history. Yep. Human condition. That's, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what yep. it is, you know? Um, but it is within those contexts that you do start to see the classism, oh, yeah. the elitism, oh, right? Yes. Oh, you yes. know, uh, then you see the colorism, you see yes. all, all of those, you know, yes. those, Isms, right? So racism's off the table, but it, it mm. enters in through internalized oh, yeah. racism yeah, yeah. and then manifests in these classist ways and these, you know, in these uh, colorist ways and all these types of stuff. So I um, came to faith in a, a black non-denominational context. So in that context, there wasn't, it's much more, it's not as, um, I don't know how to, at least, at least in that particular context, it was not, um, uh, classes, you know, yeah. in that way. It it's just a little that, bit. Like, those trappings. Exactly. It doesn't have the mm-hmm. our kind of people tra- yep. those trappings, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's not, it doesn't have um the the historical roots yes, right. of like it, this church been here for 30 years and mm-hmm. 50 or 40 or 50 or 100. A hundred. hundred. Or a hundred years, right? <laughs> right. You know, so it's a you know more of a, a new new yep. church, a church, what we call mm-hmm. a church plant. Yep. You know, um non-denominational. Yes, you have people that were at that point this would be millennials for the mm. most part. Millennials, the pastors would be boomers. Yes, boomers. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Probably younger boomers. Mm-hmm. I'd say. Um, and mm-hmm. in that context, you know, th- when I came to faith, let's see, that did predate the um, natural hair, the present mm-hmm. <laughs> natural hair uh, movement uh, when that started. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there wasn't much, you know, uh, yeah. fanfare. Or, uh, comments about how people wore their hair. Our hair always was yeah. changing. And so, so I think <laughs> I didn't have to worry about that. So that, that wasn't sure. an issue. And I'm trying to think if even some of my other, um, churches after that wasn't so much, you know, issue, but I, I do notice some changes when you go into the more traditional <laughs> sure. black context, right? Sure. Much more of the traditional denominations. Then you start to see a little bit more of that, especially the ones that have the his- history behind yeah. them. Then you do see some of that you know, classism and some of that, you know, um, colorism, unfortunately, yeah. you know, come, come to the fore. Um, and that's not to say that the, the non-denoms don't have that issue. I, I, I just, from my experience, I have not, yeah. um, encountered that mm-hmm. as much as when I'm probably going into more mm-hmm. traditional, um, context, but even my, um, soon to be current church it's it's, you know, it's, it's very, Diverse. You know, black churches are very diverse, mm-hmm. very <laughs> politically diverse, yeah. ethnically diverse, yeah. uh, 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 socio socioeconomically, yeah. you know, diverse. Um, and so people don't, I think, always realize that. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's just interesting to see how you know mm-hmm. those things evolve and change. You know, yeah. in different different contexts. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I am curious. You know, as I think about not just the 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 culture of church, but a bit more of like the the theological and biblical messaging about hair. And the reason why I think about right. that is I remember being a little girl, one of the first first stories 
uh, Bible stories that that still stands out to me is this you know story of, of Samson, Samson and Delilah, and, Delilah. <laughs> and, li- and literally uh, having the narrative of that story. Although this is about a man named Samson, some kind of way that story or the the power within one's hair got cemented with these other kind of narratives in the New Testament about how women wear their hair and how they show up and present. And there's this implicit messaging about uh, the value of long hair and femininity and even being tied to some expression of of holiness. And I I don't think anyone ever said that. (laughs) Maybe a little bit. But it's but it's an interesting thing. The thing thing to think about that some kind of way that messaging about you know, if you if you cut like what does it mean to cut your hair? Which is why when we first started our conversation talking about the big chop. That the big chop isn't just like a sociological moment, but it also is an expression of kind of, of yeah of kind of Christian liberty to be able to say though my strength and my joy are from the Lord and not, not the length hair. of my That's hair. Right. That's right. Example. <laughs> That's right. And I think sometimes and we gotta watch these. Um, extra biblical interpretations, you know, um, and how they can be actually pretty ableist and discriminatory against people. I mean, we think about, say, say, um, somebody that's a cancer survivor. That's right. Or alopecia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Has alopecia Mm -hmm. and simply cannot grow their hair. Their hair will not grow, you know, out of their hair in the way that it had in the past. You know, what does that mean for that person? Yeah. Yeah. For those (laughs) that 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 grows out and not down. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So what are we, what are we saying? What are the implications of that? I think we got, we have to really be very mindful of that Mm -hmm. and really make sure that what, what, what we, when we come to the scriptures that we are actually uh, reading what's there, <laughs> you know, and not, yeah. you know, isogeting and putting in our own, you know, um, our own remixes into some yeah. of these things. So we because we can really do a lot of harm to other people. And then we can begin to put up these legalistic standards yeah. that God does not give us, you know, and I think God gives us a whole lot more freedom than we like to live into, <laughs> right? <laughs> you right. know? And so I think that we have to really mm-hmm. be careful um, and be mindful Mm-hmm. you know, of that. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and I just think I love, you know, even, even talk, Paul talking about, you know, the braiding on of the hair that, that was signifying something in that culture, right. You know, about, um, uh, a flashiness, yeah. um, of financial modesty, you That's know, the right. modesty he's talking about, right. he's like, you know, not these flashy clothes. And not so much of modesty in scripture is, is, is not talking about the tightness of your pants. It's, it's speaking to whether you are, you know, it's about greed. Greed. <laughs> greed is really greed. The yeah, yeah, concern. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. And being um, um and being flamboyant, yeah. you know, um, with your money and mm-hmm. with your clothing and with your mm-hmm. attire. That's actually what it's getting at. Now yeah. we're not saying that there's not implications <laughs> for sure for what we wear and, and sure. whatnot. And maybe that's a whole other episode, you know. Yeah, but for sure. but everything uh, is a witness. But yeah, everything. but you mm-hmm. know, and all of these things sometimes they, they are culturally normed. That's you know, right. um, but I I believe it's a beautiful expression of God's creativity. Yeah. Uh, like you see that very reflected in our community. Yeah. On the continent and in the diaspora, the That's ways right. that we wear our hair, right. the ways that our hair has saved us literally yeah. as enslaved women were braiding maps into their hair <laughs> right. Right. for their survival and yeah. escape from U.S. child slavery. That's right. Who were bringing over rice yeah. from the West Coast That's right. of Africa. Yep. Okay. O- from overseas. Ghana. Absolutely. Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Bringing that over. Yeah. All those seeds, the yeah. things that we like to eat now. That's right. That was brought over. That we should continue to eat. That we should continue to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Uh, yep. 
brought over in our hair. That's right. You know, and so I think, uh, so I just think it's beautiful, beautiful, yeah. beautiful. I just love that we have all this vers- uh, versatility. And y'all know my hair stays changing. You know that. <laughs> And you know, it's always changing. I will whip together a ponytail in a hot minute. Listen, it could happen today. It could happen. Live. 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 Live Live in this experience, right? There are so many things that are indeed oppressive and exhausting and out of our control. And yet here is this opportunity for us to express creativity and individuality and joy and maturity and growth through our hair. And so I I hope that people who are listening will embrace that, uh, obviously, first and foremost, for the sisters at the table, but all the different people that listen in on Truth's Table, that they will embrace this kind of freedom of creativity. That's right. Mm -hmm. Freedom of creativity. And I think in really liberty from some of the the bondage that um, maybe relaxers and some of the previous hairstyles that we have you know, cause on us too, you know? So I guess yeah. this is my little PSA sisters, you know, if you've been wrestling, you know, and you've been thinking, do I want to wear my hair natural? Can I do it? Cause I understand there are some, there, there is a mm-hmm. segment of sisters at the table that are like, listen, I cannot do my hair. Like I just don't have yeah. the gift. Well, it actually, you know, it's, a, it's a skill. <laughs> it's a skill. Like they're like, I can't do my hair. Like, you don't wake up so, like, I know how to do and so, and so some of them are like, that. They're like, that's why I just wear a perm, you know, or relax it because I don't have to worry about doing my hair or combing. I just, you know, there are some people like that. And then there's, yeah. there are others that that wear, you know, maybe a relaxer thing because mm-hmm. maybe they think oh, my hair looks better, you know, this way versus yeah. my natural. You know, so th- there's a whole host of reasons why people yeah, wear yeah. what they wear. Yeah, yeah. But I, I do want to, I think, I think it would be a miss for us to not at least um, put this out there that these chemicals, y'all, they really do impact our health. Yeah. You know, the disproportionate amount of fibroids, you know, um, that Mm -hmm. black women um, have and deal with and the impact and the correlation between the use of um, relaxers or perms um, in relation to cancer diagnosis. It's like, I just want us to be very Mm-hmm. mindful yeah. and aware of what we are putting on our hair and on our body and even our hair, even without perms, there are hair products, even sure. gels, particular gels, particular hairsprays, um, mm-hmm. particular glue sprays that we use to glue down our lace fronts. Come on, sisters. Let's talk about it. Yeah. That have cancer causing chemicals in there. So we have to be very cognizant of what we're putting yeah. in our hair, on our hair, um, and that's seeping into our, yeah. our body. So I just want to, Throw out that PSA. So yeah. let that be, a you know, let that, think about that and take it to God. Let me say that. Yeah. Take it to God and ask God, you know what, what, what do I do about this? Should I, you know, what, what do you say? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I think for, we have to really examine what costs are we willing to pay <laughs> to live into standards of beauty that are meant never, to control, oppress, limit and make us as different from what we are naturally as possible. Um, yeah, there, I, think, I think there's a great work for us to all to continue to do. Yes. So, I mean, I don't think anybody ever arrives at, at, at an end point on that. Um, but that is one of those things. Yeah. We think about the psalmist asking God to search them. And that's, that's a place right. to ask to be searched. Um, search me and examine my loves, examine how I, my relationship to the standards of beauty and my appearance and, and set me free. 
to really Desperate. love myself so that I can love others well. I think that's a a worthy and a, a cyclical prayer. Yeah. Because we yeah. do not, we're, we're never going to get an end point on that. There's constant messaging that we've internalized Always. that's still being propagated right now that we are going to have to actively resist, resist. so that yeah. we so that we can love ourselves and love others well. Well, well we want to thank y'all for mm -hmm. taking a seat at the table with us this week. Let's keep the conversation going. Tweet us your thoughts about Crowns of Glory Revisited, okay? So y'all know we on the social medias. You follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and you can tweet us your thoughts. You can email us your thoughts also at asktruestable at gmail.com, okay? Now, we also have a Black Women's Facebook Discipleship Group, so make sure, sisters, you go ahead and sign up, follow us on Truth Table, and then answer the entry questions. All of them. Okay. <laughs> so you can join the Facebook discipleship right. group because we talk about all of these things in that group anyway. Um, and then you can, uh, please make sure you rate and review the show on iTunes and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Um, uh, we have been your hosts, Akemini and Christina. We'll see you soon on the next Truth Table. Bye, y'all.